This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Odds and Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. And if we had the ability to pipe in some music, I would pull up the mace. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back lyric. Because spring football is back. Uh, we just attended oh, yeah. the third spring football practice. My second, your guys' third uh, of the year. 17-day um, layoff between two and three. Uh, they were back outside in what was a cooler, I won't say freezing, even though I said it at the time, I complained, but a much cooler than anticipated Tuesday morning practice. It's fun being out there. Um We'll get to some of the stuff we saw. It, it continues to be just notably not quite as much as maybe previous years, but I'm not complaining. Just, just to, but just to communicate expectations of what like we're not seeing two deeps. You know, we're not seeing eleven on eleven. We're not watching really much competition drills. What we're getting to see is here, and I know that's going to segue into a moment what we talk about because there was quite a bit of new faces out there um, for Oregon today. But yeah, no, it was fun being out there and. I, I got a sense the energy was was pretty strong and good as well. Um, you kind of never know how that's going to transition from from breaks. And the team took a 17-day break, and then, then they come back today. And it, it seemed like the juice, as I know a previous Oregon coach used to say quite frequently, uh, it seemed like the juice was there today. Certainly seemed like the juice was there. Um, again, just really nice to be back out there and be on the practice field to get the music going. Um, yeah, like Eric said, you know, we're kind of confined to one space on the two practice fields. So it is difficult at points to see what's going on. Um, if there is anything going on, again, kind of the same practice outline, everybody stretches and then they get into the special teams drills, which again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, especially considering how special teams have fared at Oregon the last few years. Always nice to, well, maybe at least just see the special team drills. I'm sure, I'm not saying that like, you know, Mario and company didn't work on special team drills, but we never saw them. So it's nice, they I guess, very just good to actually. Special teams in the games. They were not, so it's at least nice to see that they're uh, actually doing the drills. Even though I'm, I'm sure the other staff did too, but uh, yeah, certainly great to be back out there. Um, a lot of newcomers as well, uh, an unexpected newcomer too, and uh, I think that's a nice little segue, eh, Matt. Yeah, we, we it was a, a second padded practice of spring football. Um, the first of three this week. They'll have practice on Thursday, and then we'll be able to go into that one. And then Saturday's practice will be closed to the media. Um, but it was our first chance to see some newcomers, some that we were expecting, guys like Devin Jackson at linebacker. Um, we learned a new phrase for that position. I'm sure Jared will dive into that one. Devin Jackson, uh, uh, Harrison Taggart, two linebackers. Uh, we also saw Jalil Florence. Uh, we saw Chase Coda. Um, Noah Whittington, and then there was uh, J.J. Greenfield, which, Eric, you spotted him. And this is, I, I think, pretty cool story, um, interesting story, and a guy that should provide much-needed depth for Oregon. Yeah, we J.J. Greenfield and Lance Willehoit last year was like we 
probably asked about their names, I don't know, half a dozen times, really never got any clear answer. It was pretty clear they weren't with the team. Now JJ's back with the team. I saw him walking into practice. I kind of nudged you guys. I didn't want to be too vocal because around competition, and I thought I had a little of a scoop. I was like, I think that's, I think that's Mr. JJ Greenfield. And uh, watched in practice, and sure enough, like it was. Matt took a photo. A couple of other outlets also took photos. We kind of compared. Now I guess we did work as a team eventually, to kind of be like, yeah, okay, that's JJ Greenfield. I asked Dan Lanning after practice. He confirmed it. Also confirmed he's not on scholarship, which is pretty notable. Um, said JJ was, and JJ's not on the roster. We should know. Like they handed out an updated roster, which has the seven new names. Matt ran through a bunch of them. Greenfield was not on that roster that was handed out, but this is a guy who was, I thought in 2020 looked like a guy who could be at some point a contributor at safety. Um, really had a couple big special teams play. I think he had a forced fumble in a Pac-12 game. Well, obviously all games in 2020 were Pac-12, but I think it was maybe against UCLA. Um, I'd have to go back and watch, but like, he was a player who looked impactful, and I think you had a sense that he could make some a difference at some point, and, and then he wasn't with the team last year, and you kind of thought it was over. Um, but to see him back out there again, I thought that was a really nice sign, and I don't know exactly where he fits in. We know he's working at safety. I don't know if you can expect him to be someone who really pushes or how much he can really be expected to play, but certainly a player who is capable at some point of being another scholarship guy, and again, you had questions at safety. Here's another body to at least possibly kind of mm -hmm. help solve some of the issues you had depth wise. Yeah, I think it was, you know, really, it was really nice to see him out there, especially considering we had no idea where he was all of last season. Um, but yeah, like Eric said, that's a position where you have a lot of guys who are basic, you know, surefire starters like Jamal Hill or Steve Stevens and Bennett Williams. You have some guys there, but Positional depth is always a great thing to have. It's honestly never a bad thing to have too many guys who can play the position. And, you know, Greenfield comes in there and adds his name to the list. So uh, it, it was nice to see him out there. But, again, you're not 100% sure how much he's going to be able to contribute this season. Um, but, you know, he's already been within a college program at Oregon his freshman year. Um, he kind of knows just the, the general gist of being within a program. So it's not like he's a true, true newcomer. He's obviously got to get back up to speed. But I'm sure at one point he could potentially make a, another another play like he did on special teams. Um, you know, kind of liked him. I kind of liked him as a prospect, just seeing, you know, he was a hard hitter, obviously, on special teams. And you know, it's another nice piece to add. Um, I should note that he is still donning the number 24 that he was in 2020. And uh, I'm going to segue into the newcomers jerseys. Um, nice. oh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Jaleel Florence, who is number six. Justice Lowe is number 14. Noah Whittington, the Western Kentucky running back transfer, is uh, number 22. Chase Cota will be donning the number 23 jersey. Um, then we have Devin Jackson at number 26, Harrison Taggart at 34, and offensive lineman Michael Wooten will be wearing number 77 going into the season. Uh, just one thing to note, Wooten didn't practice. Looks like he's dealing with an injury. Everybody else did, and I think Whittington immediately kind of has a chance to really compete for reps there, as does Coda. Um, mm -hmm. didn't get a great field, Jared. I think we're still kind of struggling to seek some of the defensive stuff just because of the proximity on the field. But I thought those two in particular just like kind of got a sense that those guys have a chance to, at least based upon where they were position wise in, in drills, seem like they have a chance to contribute right away. And Whittington, I know, I don't know if we'll get to special teams, but 
Jared, we took stock of who was returning punts, and he was one of the guys back there. Yeah, so Whittington ended up taking Seven McGee's spot from previous practices in terms of pun returners. Um, the the other three were still there. We are Chris Hudson, Josh Delgado, and then Sean Dollars in that order of returning punts. And then Whittington was the fourth man to return punts. Um, kind of interesting that they uh, took Seven McGee away from the punt returning drills. I'm not sure if that'll actually correlate into games, but um, Seven McGee did work with a, a myriad of running backs in the in off the punt machine. I think we've talked about this before, um, which is you know a simulated punt, obviously. So so maybe they still have plans for him in terms of returning punts or returning kicks. But he wasn't with the selected group of four players who donned the um, you know red boxing, boxing gloves. gloves and trying to capture or to, excuse me to catch a football, which you know. Is something else, but that's all right. One thing back to not to go back to the Greenfield for too long, but I, I think this is an interesting this, you know, story because we don't know why he was not part of the program in 2021. Um, he, we do know he was on the roster at San Mateo College uh, down in, in California. It's a community college. Um, don't know his stats at that college, but Landing said he has enrolled, and I was surprised he answered Eric's question when, as Eric stated, that he's not on scholarship. So this is a guy that was on scholarship, played as a true freshman, and something happened. We don't know what it was, um, but something happened where he was not part of the team, and he has since lost that scholarship, and he still chose to come back. I, I That takes, I think, a lot of guts to do. Mm-hmm. Um and the head coach isn't there anyway. You know, you don't have a connection to this right. coaching staff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, we don't know the story, and we'll certainly find out more about it. But I think that's noteworthy, that, that a guy wants to be at Oregon so bad that he was willing to walk on to get his spot back uh, at, at Oregon. Yeah. You know, Matt, good job of kind of framing it that way. This is pretty unique circumstances, and I think it's pretty intriguing because, as we said, defensive back, certainly a need. Now, offensively, um, we don't get to watch a ton of practice, about 20 minutes or so. Uh, And a lot of that is devoted to individual work, um, some very brief moments of some skill work, positional work. Um, But after practice, Dan Lanning did say that there were some exciting plays with the offense. He was really pleased with the explosiveness that they saw. He brought up the fact that, you know, Guys made plays, and there was some juice. He, meant, he mentioned he wanted even more of it, though. Um, but he also brought up the fact that the the offense did have some turnovers, some issues there. Um, we don't know if those were fumbles. We don't know if those were bad snaps, um, like over the head of the quarterback or interceptions, what have you. But it was interesting that he brought that up. He didn't really dive in too much of, of how those came about, but – Nonetheless, offense sounds like had an, maybe a, a, a good day, but one in which they have plenty to work on. Yeah, and we should note, just to put, I guess, a little more context, the question that led to that answer was about quarterback play. Um, and mm-hmm. so I kind of read that as it being a little bit directed towards, like, the quarterbacks might have, whether it be via pass or run, created some big plays, but were a part of, in some way, some turnovers. And this is kind of the bone Nick's 
quandary, and this wasn't again. I'm we're, I'm now drawing my own conclusions here. This is the quandary you had had with Bo Nix at Auburn, who have incredible plays but also turnovers. And this is also the type of things you would see from a young quarterback like a Ty Thompson or a Jay Butterfield, big plays but also some kind of up and down plays. And so the quarterback position again, we're we're really we're, we're I guess we're really reading between some tea leaves here, if you will. Um, we didn't get to watch any of the stuff he's talking about. But I, I sort of am taking that a little bit of they had some competition drills. There were some maybe some long touchdown passes or long runs. But then there was some plays that are he was obviously kind of not thrilled with. And he also noted that their first uh, scrimmage will be taking part not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. Um, so they've got five or six practices between now and then to kind of work out some of the kinks. Um, he also said that they want to model – um, as many game-like situations as possible in practice. So today they worked on two-minute drill and also third and uh, and long drills. So um, some kind of that's as close as we get to really kind of assessing some of what actually took place and the the, the, the exciting part I will say of practice, which we didn't get to watch. Um, but it sounded like some real positives. But then also, as you'd expect, three days into camp and and yeah. that you're first padded, some mm -hmm. kind of issue. Too. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment to that the quarterbacks probably, you know, had their miscues, had their offensive excitement. Um, I just think it's a good thing that that Dan, as a defensive-minded coach, is going out there and saying, like, yeah, there were some, you know, really good explosive plays out there. And, you know, that that he's basically admitting that, yeah, they they beat my defense or Tosh Lupoi's defense. But at the same time, you know, I always kind of wonder, like, for Dan as a defensive guy, like, is he so is he so upset about maybe forcing a few turnovers here and there? Is that like a it's a good thing in his eyes too? Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly nice to hear that there were ex explosive plays. Um, I don't really think you you heard that too often from the previous staff, just going out of their way to mention that there were a lot of explosive plays. Um, again, I think that's because there weren't a lot in general, um, but I think that gives a good idea that. Uh, this this offense could potentially be a home run hitter type offense, and, um, and I think that's something that this this staff and this this program kind of needs at this point. Um, but you know, later you know, I'm sure when we get to talk to offense coordinator Kenny Dillingham, we'll get a little bit more information if if we can regarding some of those explosive plays and just you know how they operated and, and what he specifically has seen from that quarterback group. We should note um, there. There were some guys out with injury, but I don't know if any of them – correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but none of them look like very serious ones. Um, Cam McCormick didn't participate fully. Patrick Herber didn't participate fully from when we were in practice. Yeah. Um, but Forsyth was, was kind of off to the side a little bit. But I don't think any of these guys, you look at them, and none of them looked drastically like, oh, man, he's a long ways away. Yeah, it's the same guys. I mean, we should note, like, nobody knew that I saw Jerry. Yeah. Correct me on that. Like, it was the same guys defensively, like, the three primary defensive linemen back or all mm -hmm. off to the side. That's Brennan Dorless, Keonor Hudson, and Popo Amabai. Uh, Justin Flo remains off to the side. Damon David remains off to the side. Um, Matt touched on Forsyth. Forsyth, we should note, the first two practices we watched was I didn't see him actually in practice. I watched him walk through the line to get to practice, but I never actually saw him in practice. Today we saw him in practice. He went through warm-ups. He was fully dressed and padded and all that. Um, so that seems like an improvement there. Um, Jonah Miller, who I had written down on my notepad as being a partial or a non-participant previously, Jared saw him go through some drills, so that's a positive thing. He's mm -hmm. now working on defense. 
I think otherwise from a health perspective, yeah, we don't, there's nothing really new. Um, I don't think these are serious injuries, like serious, serious, like season ending injuries, but I, I do kind of wonder how many of these key defensive guys are, are going to be available for like the spring game. Cause you'd like to see some of them do a little bit more in practice. And again, we're not watching all of it. So it's possible certain drills they took part in more. We are also watching the part that is the least contact probably of practice. Cause it's like indie stuff. Um, so I, I would imagine when we leave, they're, they're probably actually more physical dr- drills for the most part. So it's it's a little hard to know what to make of that. Dan has been previously pretty reserved in sharing injury information, um, but certainly notable that, you know, I would say five of your top 20 or so defensive players we think are, are not taking part in practice right now. Yeah, I think ideally you'd like them all to be healthy. I mean, obviously, but uh, like Matt pointed out, it's not like, all of them are, are, are walking around on, on crutches and have you know big knee braces or stuff like that. Um, they they're still going through all the warm up activities. Um, and, you know you like to see Forsythe out there actually on the field, and uh, he was you know first in line for some of the, the stretching drills. Um, and obviously, you want these guys to to show up and, and play in the spring game and show that they're you know physically ready. Um, at the same time, because they are just such key defensive players, most of them of, of the injury group. I feel like it's okay to be a little cautious and say, you know, Justin, Brandon, whoever it is that you're talking to, just we're, we're going to bring you back. Don't worry about that. But it's we're, there's no need to rush. It's still spring camp. These guys have been here for you know a couple of years, multiple years. If you're someone like Popo Hamove, and uh, but, uh, to me, bringing them back as, as as slow as they need to is just fine. Um, just because I think all of them are, are the competitive spirits enough to when they're finally back in there, they'll jump right back in and, and be just fine. Dan was talked. I, I asked Dan about um, kind of the newcomers, some of the freshmen, Low and Florence, and just and I failed to mention Jackson and Taggart, but I would assume that the expectations are the same there. And they said that there are none. Basically, um, it, it's get them out, see what they can do, see how they can handle it, and and then go from there and just get better. Um, one item I, I found interesting, and I can't remember the exact quote, but he is definitely a coach that does not believe in having someone sit and just watch mm-hmm. and try and pick things up. He wants them involved in a rep or a scrimmage or what have you. Um, it definitely – that definitely felt like I'm going to you're, – you're going to get thrown into the fire and you're going to learn by you know, going through the process of this drill or going through the process of this play um, and, and figure it out that way, which could be translated to recruiting. Like we're not going to sit you and you're not going to – you know, you're not going to wait. You're going to play right away and you're going to learn on the fly. We didn't get yeah, to see could, as much – oh, go ahead, Jared. If you, I, could, I can read that quote. I have that one transcribed if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this was asked about the cornerback room because it, it is such a young, young group of people in there. Um, Dan says, we want to throw them in there early, let them get some experience and see how they take it. Uh, I'm not a big believer in having guys learn and watch from the sidelines. You want to be able to get, or you want to be able to get mental reps when you can, but you can do that by actually getting reps. So that's where he's coming from, but go ahead, Eric. Oh, all I was going to say was I didn't get a lot of evidence of 
watching the true freshmen. I, they did take part in drills besides Wooten, who was off the side. But I, I just found it a little bit notable that, again, Whittington was one of four guys returning punts like on day one. Like he arrives and they're like, we think you can help us here. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to take our time and kind of move you. And we're going to put you in an opportunity to go show what you can do. And again, they're using boxing gloves. So I don't know how instructive that is to his ability to catch it. But obviously, it's being done for a reason. Um, I, but yeah, that was the only point I was going to make was just like, yeah, clearly they're, they're not going to, they're not going to wait around. They've only got so many spring practices, and the guy's going to get here, and he's going to be thrown right into it. And so um, certainly we'll watch these two freshmen a little more closely when we can. Again, it's pretty chaotic there, and sometimes it's hard to kind of find everybody. Um, but the, of, the, of the five new fr- newcomer freshmen, four of them were out there taking part in full. And um, and I can say that, like, it looked like both Kota and, and Lowe were moving – rather well i mean again not a lot of information but like i watched them for a short period of time in positional drills guys got in and out of their breaks quickly good, good looking athletes i was curious to watch low he's really quick um i see a little of that long you know that that i guess that deep threat mentality we didn't i didn't watch him like he didn't run 40 yards so you know he wasn't running long but you could sort of see that burst and that kind of quickness there um that you kind of get from a player like that so i find him to be pretty intriguing and We'll have, I think, more to report back on some of the freshmen here as we get a little bit more opportunity to watch. And uh, defensively, for the for the newcomers, there just wasn't a lot of a lot of drills that happened on defense. Um, they had one drill where something in the past where an offensive player tries to break down the sidelines, and you know, two defensive players both have to sort of fake tackle him. There's more contact today than there was the last time they ran this drill, but it still wasn't full blown tackling. Um, and after that, uh, all position groups just went straight into to tackling drills on on bags. Um, so again, from there, but looking at someone like a Julio Florence, you know, he, he physically he he looks the part. He's probably you know a little too skinny, but that's you know it's a true freshman coming in out of high school. But um, you know he certainly looked the part. Uh, and and to go back to to Lanning's quote, um, I think Matt's right in terms of uh, like a recruiting aspect of. Well, if, if we think that you're good enough to play this position and or to come in and play right away, um, prove it because we'll play you if you are. And that, that you can kind of get that sense already from from the program where and you got that a little bit from the from the last uh, the last staff as well. It's like when somebody is good enough, you know, they plan on playing them, you know, similar to how they it seemed like Troy Frank, Troy Franklin was like the starting wide receiver for day one until he got hurt. Um, I think you can expect to see more of the same with, with landing and company. Should note, um, a couple guys are still not here. Uh, Jordan Riley, a transfer from Nebraska. Andrew Boyle, a transfer from Washington State. They both um, are not on the roster yet, um, have not enrolled at Oregon yet. So they're still waiting on a couple transfers to, to get here. I would assume those are probably guys that have to finish up academic work um, to, to get to Oregon, um, and and they just for whatever reason can't get here in, until spring or until June. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, other other notes, I, I think people are are going to be excited to see Chase Coda. You know, Dan Lanning said that you know, this program probably means a, a little bit more to him than a typical player, just because referencing the legacy there of his dad. Um, but Duck fans are going to have the natural comparison, I think, to Jeffrey Mayo. Um, both tall receivers, both have long hair. 
and both wear the number 23, which is not a normal receiver number. Yeah, no, I know. I think everybody, when they saw him walk by, I was like, oh, he, that's, and that's, that's a bit of a, I mean, Jeffrey Merrill's had a great career at Oregon and there are definitely physical similarities. So it's a bit of a, a legacy, I guess, to follow after. Of course, Jeffrey Mel also didn't like play here last year. I think his career ended in like 2007 or eight, maybe. I, I'd have to go back and look. It's been a while. I think it was t- 11 they, they, or 10. They, he played in the championship game. It was okay. So maybe it was, yeah, it was a little later. But yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. So I mean, I, I, but yeah, I think that's an interesting one. I think if we're doing final notes, uh, we watched the offensive line. Yep. Uh, I did watch them go through some drills, got an idea. Again, there's some guys out, but. The offensive line, the ones it was from left to right, TJ Bass, Stephen Jones, Ryan Walk was at center. Again, Forsyth was kind of uh, still not fully available, so he wasn't a part of this drill. And then it was on the right side, um, Marcus Harper and Big Sala. Um, so I think Harper kind of stepping in there and filling in for for, for, for Forsyth as they move Walk inside from right guard. Um, the second string had Jalen Jeffers. I'm going to pull this up because there are a couple walk-ons here. I'm going to make sure I get the order of these right. Okay. Galen Jeffers, left tackle, uh, Charlie Pickard, left guard, Cannon Rossi, center, Dawson Jaramillo, uh, right guard, and Fayope Lalu as the right tackle. So hmm. as close as we can get to a two-deep right now, and with the caveat being that Forsyth is out, Jonathan Dennis is out, um, there are a couple other players, uh, Bram, Bram Walden is out, Matthew Wo- or Michael Wooten, the new freshman who just enrolled, is out, so about a handful of guys not taking part, but there's at least kind of a, the closest thing is we have a synopsis to really any kind of information like that from today. Yeah, just just for for parting thoughts, um, the lone defensive drill that any kind of too deep could be um, taken away from was the drill I was describing earlier, where the offensive player, a wide receiver, a running back, um, tried to get outside along the perimeter, and both both defensive players had to go and you know, fake tackle him. Um, the first two uh, groups of cornerbacks, safeties, and then inside and outside linebackers kind of thrown together. Uh, the first two cornerbacks off the drill were Dante Manning and, and uh, Christian Gonzalez, a transfer from Colorado. Safeties were Brian Addison and Triquez Bridges. So Triquez Bridges, again, coming out of that safety group, moving seemingly from cornerback back to his original position of safety. Um, for the outside linebackers, kind of like that defensive end role, um, DJ Johnson, Brandon Buckner, then followed by Braden Swinson and Jaden Navarrete were the first four in order. I was able to see them pretty well. Um, and then for linebackers on one side, I couldn't see the other side of the field quite well, but I could guarantee you that Noah Sewell was first up to bat. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> we had uh, Jeffrey Bossa, Micah Roth, and then from that, kind of outside star star safety position, almost playing like a linebacker. The first two on at least the left side of the field was Bennett Williams followed by Jonathan Flo. So that you know kind of confirms this uh, move to defensive back for Jonathan Flo. And uh, in the tackling drills with the dummies, not the dummies, but the like kind of like the sandbags-ish, um, that star group was Bennett Williams, uh, Jonathan Flo, and then Jamal Hill as well. So that kind of flows into that star position. Um, and one last parting thought, I learned a new position today on the football field. It is called a money linebacker. Um, that is, according to Mac Wilson, a former Alabama linebacker, um, it's basically just the linebacker who never comes off the field, who's a 
more athletic and cover ground and does well in both the run game and the pass game. And uh, one other thing I forgot, um, a Mike linebacker. This is Trevor Trove of information today. Yes, this is, this is why I'm here. I'm here to give everybody who's listening or watching the good stuff, uh, including um, Dan Lanning refers to the Mike linebacker position as the Mac linebacker position, the same way my last name is spelled, M-A-C-K. So listen to that or read it on my transcript on duckterritory.com to learn about the money and Mac linebacker and what two freshmen are playing there. Ooh, it's Harrison Taggart and uh, Devin go. Jackson. No tease. Oh, you were. Oh, you just killed the tease. <laughs> you just killed your tease, Jerry. That's okay. We already teased JJ Greenfield earlier today, so I thought I'd give we the did. people what they want. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, for more coverage of spring practice, go to duckterritory.com. Uh, also, uh, check out the videos. Check out the transcripts. Check out. We'll have a photo gallery up. Um, we're gonna have a ton of stuff from this practice, and then the rest of the month. Ducks will be back on the field on Thursday. We'll be at that practice. And then, like we said at the beginning, Saturday's practice will be closed off to the media. But we will get to talk to Kenny Dillingham, the OC, as well as some selected quarterbacks. Uh, on, on Thursday, we'll talk to Tosh Lupoy, Oregon's defensive coordinator, and some select linebackers, possibly even Noah Sewell, which would be very nice to do because we haven't talked to him in a very long time. Uh, until Thursday, when we come back with another practice report, thanks for listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.